Welcome to a new episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. I'm your co-host, Venture. This is Hannah. And we got a great episode for you today, guys. Go ahead and tell our listeners your name and where you're from. Um, my name is Carrie Barba, and I actually live here in Long Beach, mm. California. And I'm a tattoo artist here in the local area at Outer Limits Tattoo in downtown Long Beach. Awesome. That's Did you awesome. grow up in Long Beach? I didn't. I'm originally from Minnesota. Oh, nice. So I get to experience this nice warm weather all the time. I know. Yeah. Do you ever go back? I, I do, but not as often yeah. as you know, my mom passed away in 2012. So since that time, I haven't been there as much. Mm. Only once since then, but yeah. I still have family there. Yeah. Do you miss the cold weather up there at all? N- not at all. No. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I, more I, of a heat. I hate being cold. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. Um, the summers there, I actually really enjoyed, yeah. you know, the warm weather. I actually even like the humidity. Mm. It's really pretty. So, but uh, California weathers, you can't get much better. Yeah, you can't beat it for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm super excited to have you yeah. on this episode because we have never had like a tattoo artist of your level, of your experience. And I would love to just hear a little bit about the shop that you, you're the owner of the shop, correct? Yes, and I currently have a business partner now. So I started the shop in 1983 Mm. um, in Anaheim, actually. And, you know, through several different shops over the years, went through like seven different ones, and currently have two. Uh, One in Costa Mesa at the camp and one here in Long Beach, which is the oldest continually running shop in America. That's wild. It's amazing. That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's the second oldest in the world. Wow. So we're very proud of that. Yeah. Who's the number one oldest? You know. Um, Real, do we know? Every time somebody puts me on the spot with that, I always forget the name. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. Like, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll look we it up. We can research and, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i got to start putting it on the back of my business right. card so I can flip it around. Yeah. But... Because that's funny, like you're set right there, oldest right. one in the world, and then yeah. you're like, who beat you? What do yeah, you mean? Right. So that's really cool. And I just kind of scrolling through your website and on your Instagram, you guys even, you're generational, right? Like you have your, I believe your son is a tattoo artist, and then even here's your granddaughter that also is in the industry too. Yeah, it's my son's been tattooing, I think about 30 years, mm. and my granddaughter is my current apprentice. Wow. So, you know, over the years... You know, of course, with me and and him both in the same industry, it's been kind of like, are you going to do this? Do you want to do this? And she wasn't sure. You know, she went to college and she's still in college. But she approached me, I guess it was maybe six months ago, and asked me if I would teach her with some egging on from her dad, poking, poking her, <laughs> just ask, yeah. just ask, you know. Yeah. And so she asked me. So, um, yeah, we've been working with her the last... It hasn't been very long, maybe six weeks. That's really so cool. She's very new. She's only yeah. only been on skin three times so far. How that, has that been, having her there? It's great. Yeah. It's great, you know, because you really think you know people until you're around them a lot more. You know, it's like when you get a roommate and you don't know anything about yeah. them. And i know my granddaughter her whole life, but now I know so much more, like seeing her interact with other people, talk to people, see what she loves. It's really very cool to get to know her a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I really like it. What even, I guess we can take it back. What made you start tattooing? So it's a kind of a weird, funny story, but it's something I never wanted to do. Never even saw a tattoo till I was, I think I was like 17 years old. Mm -hmm. And I saw my first tattoo on a friend, and I thought it was the most god-awful, horrible thing I'd ever (laughs) seen. I was like... 
What was it of? It was, it was like uh, four cards, aces. Okay. But it was just not done well. Yeah. You know, was right. the thing. And I didn't know the difference at the time. Mm. So I was like, why Why would you do that? You know. <laughs> anyway, fast forward. Um, a couple of years later, we moved into a duplex in Minnesota. And my downstairs neighbor ended up being a tattoo artist. So we became friends with him. And he would come around and hang out, you know, just, you know, we're just friends. Mm. And he'd see me sketching all the time. And so he was the one who kept egging me. He's like, you should really tattoo. You should really try this. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. He goes, just try it. Yeah. You know, just try <laughs> it. I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Um, I actually was, my husband at the time really loved tattooing. You know, he wanted to learn and he was going to our friend Neil, the tattoo artist, and getting tattooed. And if Neil's listening, I apologize, but <laughs> when he would come home, I'm like, oh, why can't it flow like this or do this or that? And so I, I called Neil and I said, hey, could you just do this or that, you know? Mm. And he's like, why don't you just take a ballpoint pen and draw it on him and mm. send it down? So that's how I got started. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I started drawing his tattoos on him. I would send him down and he would get him tattooed. And mm. Neil's like, just learn to do it. Yeah. So I did. I just, you know, but I had a friend who was a tattoo artist, so it kind of made it a little easier mm -hmm. for me. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like I was jumping in with cold feet or anything. Um, and we made sure we had the proper equipment and the sterilizer and everything before we even went on. And uh, did my first tattoo as a, a rose about the size of a quarter, just in, I used to draw in pencil, you know, so I drew it pencil kind mm. of looking tattoo yeah wow that's really cool who was it on was it on uh your partner it was on my ex yeah oh that's yeah. awesome yeah <laughs> sorry he had to do that but that's the way it goes <laughs> that's really cool yeah and i feel like now if you're like your granddaughter probably has so many more avenues and the learning curve can be accelerated just obviously having you around and just like how did you practice did, was it actually just on live people? Because now, have they always had those? I think on the internet, I saw like these fake skins that you can buy to like really just practice because it's such a weird, isn't it like the hardest form of art that you can do is on like live people? Absolutely. Absolutely the hardest because you're not only learning to use the tools, but you're working on something that moves. Right. And yeah, everybody's skin is totally different. So when you learn to paint, you know, the canvas holds still doesn't move mm. it doesn't change texture it's always the same where it was skin it's constantly changing it's moving it sneezes it has to go to the restroom you know <laughs> right. there's all these things so it is very hard and it is much different now because they do have that fake skin it's like made of silicone and you can practice on there a little bit and kind of feel the equipment mm. before you get to the actual skin whereas yeah when I did it my first time I held the needle in my hand was straight on skin so you got to be good right off yeah. the bat, yeah. you know, otherwise you're, you're just doing, causing <laughs> cover-ups for somebody in the future, you know, but yeah, I, I was pretty fortunate because I, I just approached it as a pencil and thought of it that way and tried not to think about it being on skin. Yeah. But, but now, yeah, there's YouTube, there's all these, you know, you can see everything, uh, yeah. any, anywhere you want. You can research anything. You can look up anything, even the equipment and stuff like that. Not saying it's going to be the right equipment or right. good stuff, but, yeah. you, but you can get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When you first started, 
were there a lot of female tattoo artists or was it how was that industry how did you how when you started what were the judgments what were were there any judgments how how was it starting there absolutely were judgments mm-hmm. but when i first tattooed you know right in the beginning i wasn't aware of it mm-hmm. i didn't know because i was just trying something i knew nothing about i knew nothing about the industry or the people in it so i didn't have any fears or problems until i started going to conventions and seeing more about the industry and then i started hearing a lot of you know, especially from other countries, um, men would be like, women shouldn't tattoo. Mm. You shouldn't be doing that. You know, you're, you're not at all. And depending on the country, but even Europe was not ready for it at the time. And when I started actually tattooing, looking back now, I think I could count all the women that I knew of in the world tattooing that was probably on, on my hands. Wow. You know, that was it. And, you know, I can go down a list and I'd maybe come up with 10 or 12 at most Mm. that I was aware of. And prior to that, you know, I've done talks on history and women and tattoo in history. And even before that, there's very limited amounts. And the the group doesn't start to grow until about the 80s. So there was a few people who came in, a few women who came in right about me. I started in 1979. There was a couple women and started in 78 and a few in 79, and then in, like, 85 is when it starts to grow a little more. From I think from them seeing conventions and things in the... There used to be a lot of tattoo magazines, so people would pick those up, and then they started saying, I want to do this. So we were talking about your history of Mm -hmm. tattooing and sort of when your era kind of begun. Uh, Could you give us sort of what you know about the history of tattooing just in general, like within the area, things like that, like the sort of machines that were being used sort of when you started, how is it different from then versus today? First, I got to tell you a joke. And it's not a joke. This has actually happened to me about two weeks ago. (laughs) So I I had a client I was working on and the client had, you know, been in my chair already for a few hours. And uh, during the break said to me, I had a question. Back when you used to get tattooed, did they have machines yet? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. Okay, all right, I'm not that old. Uh, not that old. So Thomas Edison was the first inventor of the tattoo machine in mm. the late 1800s, oh, right? Cool. Oh, wow. Which then was not invented as a tattoo machine. It was called an electric pencil, mm. right? And then it was later used as a tattoo machine. So tattoo machines have been around a very long time. Prior to that, you know, they would... People would use whatever, you know, so you can go back when they just use stick and poke or they, you know, they would sharpen a a stick or a bone, right? It goes way back. Mm -hmm. But when I came into tattooing, the machines that were being used were very good tattoo machines, you know, uh, personally made usually by an individual tattoo artist who would sell them to just tattoo people. And uh, those were called coil machines where they would have a metal frame and two coils. Um, Since then, uh, around early 2000, they started coming out with the kind of magic marker looking kind of machines with a coil inside. So it's more of a straight line kind of machine. And they started upping the game quite a bit, which is what I currently use. It's even wireless. You don't have to have a foot switch anymore. Mm. You don't have to touch anything. 
There's no power unit. Everything's battery operated. Wow. So it's really great. You can stand up and tattoo. You can walk around your person. You know, you can do whatever you want. It's very freeing, you know? Yeah. How long does that battery last? How often have you changed that one? I, I've used it for eight hours. Never wow. had it die out, but you come with two, so it's a very quick change out mm. if it did die out. But right. I've, I've never known anybody to run out a battery during a tattoo. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And at just a tattoo in general... How I've seen a slow motion of like how the machine works. How is it actually getting it like into the skin and how, how does that process work? Yeah, so I kind of explain it like this. It's kind of like you're at the beach, right? And you poke your finger in the sand, right? If there was water on your finger, some of the water would get into the hole, right? So it basically the needle pokes it in, the ink's around the outside of the needle, not within the needle, it's on the outside. Mm -hmm. So it's more like a pin, mm -hmm. you know, pokes it in. The skin is taunt and pulls it, and it leaves the ink within the needle mm. or within the skin as it pulls out. Wow. Okay. Just works like that, and it just goes very fast, you know? Mm. Oh, super easy. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> super easy. So it's maybe like 65, 70 strokes a second in oh, and out. Oh, wow. You know, it's just 65 strokes a second? Wow. Yeah, it goes very fast. Yeah. Yeah, so very fast. So you, that's how people can move along, along so quickly. Do you have a lot of tattoos yourself? I don't have as many right. as people would think, mm -hmm. right? Like I, I didn't put anything on my arms till, um, it hasn't even been that long. Maybe it was 15 years ago I put a, my first piece on my arm. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have them down the sides of my legs and stuff, but actually I spend five days a week doing tattoos, so I don't have much time to get tattoos. Right. Yeah. I also am one that takes a very long time to decide, mm -hmm. so... And it just kind of hits me. I'll be sitting there and I'm like, oh, I want that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How would you go about, like, do you prefer when somebody kind of just says, hey, do your thing as an artist? Or do you prefer when someone has, like, a, a specific, you know, piece of art that they're looking for? I do both. But I do prefer freedom, mm. you know. So if I'm doing a portrait, though, say I'm copying someone's face, of course we're going to do it just as it is or a building, um, you know, things like that, copy of a plane, whatever, mm -hmm. just as examples. But if somebody comes in, I do a lot of free-flowing things, like octopus. Mm -hmm. I do a ton of octopus. I've seen that on your yeah, page. Yeah, those are yeah. awesome. A ton of those. So if somebody says, I specifically want the head here, I specifically want the legs here, it's very difficult because right. then you lose your flow, mm. right? So you need artistic freedom. Absolutely. So sometimes if they don't, can't give me that, I just let them know I'm probably not the right artist. Right. You know, because you need to have that, especially on a body, because you want it to form the flow of your body mm. wherever it's going and you don't want it to be rigid, you know. So sometimes your vision as the client is not as informed as my vision. Mm. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Like if somebody's trying to tell you how to build a house and you build houses all day and you're like, oh, yeah, I want the door over here. And you're like, that's an awful place to put the door. Yeah. Yep. I've been, yeah. You're like, but I think it looks cool here. And you're like, no, you don't want it. You can't even move your couch in if it's there. Like, that's really cool. Never thought of it like that. That's perfect. Yeah. You were saying when, um, when you first started with your ex-husband, how you were drawing on his arm and then you sent him to your friend who, who did it. Do you still do a lot of just... You draw on the body and then we just go, or how, how does it work for you now? I absolutely do. Yeah. So 
anything that isn't an exact copy. So like I said, if I was doing a portrait or copying a building, I would use a stencil. Mm -hmm. We place the stencil on the skin and it kind of gives you the guidelines of right. where you're going. But if it's like an octopus or say it's a, a flying bird or something like that, we take out some colored Sharpies and we make a few little marks on there and we go. That's cool. You know? yeah. That's really cool. Have you ever um, like changed somebody's like fixed a tattoo that people have done you know what i mean how someone will come in with like a name oh i had hannah on my chest this big and then oh hannah like and i aren't up. together anymore yeah, yeah so cover up how do they make it look so good cover-ups and redos redos are more are easier you know because you're fixing something that already looks bad right so whatever somebody does i don't do that anymore myself um, but i have in my past same with cover-ups i don't really do that anymore but so as a tattoo sits in your skin, it gets deeper and deeper, right, mm. within your skin layers. So when the new tattoo comes on, it's over the top. You can still see through as the skin is transparent, but you use, like, colors that will kind of disguise it, and that's how cover-ups look so good. Mm. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So it's on top of it. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I like that. I have, um, I have one tattoo so far. I... <clears throat> debating if i want more i know you want to cover your whole body yeah i got a lot planned um what are some spots on the body that you might say are maybe not the best placements for a tattoo because they fade or they, they look weird or they hurt really really bad are there any placements that you would say well these are going to be personal opinions yeah. of course um put that right out there but uh you know, as far as fading, it's basically what's in the sun the most, mm, right? Okay. That, that's just fact. Um, they're going to fade in the sun. Right. If it's hidden away from the sun or you wear your sun sunblock regularly, then you're going to have a better, longer-lasting tattoo, be it black or color. Color fades the quickest. Mm. Um, places I wouldn't put it, personally, um, face. You know, right. people wouldn't do your face, yeah. you know. I mean, people nowadays come in and they want first tattoo on their hand or their face or their yeah. neck. Um, you know, it depends on your lifestyle and what you plan to do with your life, mm -hmm. really. Uh, you know, it's not my judgment, but our society's judgment is still there. Right. So a lot of that is sometimes, you know, looked down upon. You're not going to get certain jobs if you have that. Mm. So you have to be careful of that. But as far as placement... It totally depends on what the tattoo is. Right. So if you're getting a name, for instance, we have an expert at our shop, and she is going to make that in the perfect place so that name stays the most crisp and mm -hmm. looks the best all the time. It's the same with what I do. If I'm doing an octopus and, and I have four inches of space, it's not going to work. Right, you right. Know? Uh, things like that. So mm -hmm. there's things to consider uh, when going into placement. Um, and also sun, if you're, you know, getting in the sun all the time, you don't want the tattoo right on the front of your forearm, mm, you know, right. somewhere like that. Have you ever had to tell a client, no, I won't do that on you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's usually for other reasons okay. other than that. Right. It's usually something that I don't morally agree with, mm. you know, something like that. Or nowadays, maybe it's something I don't do anymore. You know, and then I'll just refer them to someone else. Like, uh, I don't do lettering anymore, but, you know, Yvonne at our shop, she's the most amazing person at lettering I've ever seen, you know? Yeah. So 
yes, have her do it. You know, she's going right. to do a great job. You right. have me do it. It's not going to look anywhere near yeah. as good, right? It's yeah. people just specialize in different things. Yeah. I think it's really cool when you talked about how there's like certain jobs in society and things like that and how it used to be really frowned upon, right? Like just to have a tattoo, more or less a, a sleeve tattoo, right? Or something crazy big, you'd have to cover it up. But it's pretty cool. The office that I work at now, I think more people have them than don't have them, actually. And mm-hmm. it's like my boss has one, you know, as a few. So it's like really interesting. When did you start to see the shift of where things, it went from being very like, bikery and you know like maybe creepy hard to just like everyday and actual like respected art and celebrities and you know what I mean like athletes all sorts of people have them yeah I think it's been gradual but I think the biggest boom of change was television Mm. when the tv shows brought tattoo right when they started tattoo shows on tv People could see it in their living room and it became more accepting. And they're like seeing people who are tattooed, who are doing tattoos, and they realize that we're not scary. We're the same as everybody else. Not saying everybody's, you know, the same as everybody else. Of course, in in any business, in any type of uh, profession, you have people who aren't, you know, in the norm, let's say. But I think that's what did it. You know, they started to feel... It's like when you watch TV... And you're watching a show all the time. You start to feel like you know those people, mm-hmm. right? You start to kind of feel what they're about. You almost feel like if you saw them on the street, you'd know you could walk up to so and so and say, "Hey, I I feel like I know you." Right? You know, it's the same with the tattoo. Now people are starting to realize that they're just every you know common people yeah. getting tattooed, and so it's not as scary. But there was a shift, you know, like the. The war ended, you know, World War II, right? And then things started to change right there after the war where a lot of the military was getting tattooed at that time. And then it started to get, you know, there was a hard time. So it was kind of like the bikers, the bad guys, you know? And I won't say all bikers are bad because they're absolutely not, right? But, you know, that's what people viewed it as, Mm -hmm. a negative thing or a gang member or whatever. And then it started to shift and, you know, mom and dad started to get tattooed yeah. and your doctor started to get tattooed and you'd see it in the store and now every chef in America, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. is yeah. tattooed and, yeah. they're, and they're on TV again. So that TV, you know, makes it okay. It makes it uh, open to viewing things in a different way. Yeah. When you moved out here um, from Minnesota, did you start? tattooing right away when you came here how how was that process well I started in Minnesota uh in 79 Mm. I moved here in 1980 do you remember how how old were you I was 19 and 79 oh yeah I got a zero year so it's an easy one there you go (laughs) but moving here the the goal was uh we got laid off back there so let's move to California we had some family out here let's go out there let's open a shop if we can um prices here in California compared to most Midwest states are completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a whole house there for, at that time for $200 a month. You come here, you get a <laughs> cracker box of right. an apartment for double, you know. Yeah. So it took us a few years. Um, so we opened, uh, it was called Twilight Fantasy at the time. We've changed the name since then to Outer Limits Tattoo, mm-hmm. but we opened that April 1st, 1983. Wow. 
So it, it I was still tattooing, but to actually have my own shop, it took time. Right. And I was doing like little weekends in other shops. I worked in La Puente. I worked in San Bernardino at a place called Burdu Tattoo. And Fat George's in La Puente, those are the first shops I worked in. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to talk a little bit. I've kind of been thinking about it. What makes tattoo shops so like nerve wracking to the average person, right? And I think it's a combination of the fact that they're going to do something permanent and like life altering or whatever, you know, like we're going to get it and then maybe it might hurt. And then also it can be a little intimidating going into sort of like a traditional tattoo shop. So how do you guys combat those things for your clients? We try to be nice. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing. Yeah. Um, we remember that we were there, mm. you know, we were that person. The first time I walked in a, a shop, my heart was beating out my chest. <laughs> I was so scared, yeah. you know, not only because I was afraid it might hurt, Tattoo artist seems scary, mm. you know. To me at the time, I was like, oh, my God, you know. What are they going to say? How, do I feel stupid? I feel so dumb mm. out here, you know, <laughs> looking at the pictures on the wall. And, you know, you just want to... Everybody tries to be kind of cool yeah. when they yeah. come in. Yeah, It's easing up on that. But it's just, you know, we run our shop more as a regular business. Mm. You know, it's kind of more friendly mm. you know and it's it's not that we force it it's just that we feel that you know we don't try to be cool or try to be tough or any of that it's just like hey how are you doing today yeah. you know yeah how can we help you what are you looking for it's yeah. that simple you know let's see if we can you know come together with something right. and just talk to them really and it just settles them and you know, it's like uh, they come in a little nervous, and it's like, do you need a snack? We can get you a little snack. Yeah. You know, glass of water. Right. You know, something like that. So just keep it more casual. That's yeah. really cool. Do Are people shocked when they meet you for the first time and you tell them that you, like, own tattoo shops? It used to be really that way when I was younger, mm -hmm. you know, because when I was... And I didn't have a lot of tattoos. I didn't have tattoos that showed, really, right. at the time. So when my kids were young, you know, and I take them to PTA meeting or go to a thing, you know, an event at school. I just generally wouldn't tell people at first and let them get to know me. And then I no. would tell them and they're like, what? Right. <laughs> no way. Yeah. You know, it's different now because all types of people tattoo now. Right. You see lots of different, you know, looks of people doing tattoos. It doesn't matter. Whereas back then it, it did matter. You know, people... Mm -hmm thought everybody was a scary tattoo artist guy, yeah. you know, right? Yeah, there was a type, right? Yeah. So I would, now that we're kind of on the subject, I want to hear more about your team. Like, how many uh, artists do you guys have in your shops? And, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we have five tattoo artists in Costa Mesa. Uh, we also have piercing over there. So we have two piercers over there, too. Cool. And a lot of those artists have been with me a very long time, uh, the ones in long, over in uh, Costa Mesa, a few of them uh, 20 years you know, mm, over wow. there. And uh, one of the piercers, 19 years. So it's, it's a very established group over there. There's a couple of newer ones, but they're high hitters and they're doing great. And then over here in Long Beach, it's a bigger studio. So we have 2,600 square feet over here. Mm. So we have 13 tattoo artists there. We, we don't have piercing, we just have tattooing. And everybody's style is pretty different from each other. And we have... My business partner, her and I have been working together 30 years. Oh. So she started out 
actually used to date her, right? And then she was my apprentice, mm. learned to tattoo, and she's been uh, tattooing at the shop for 30 years. Cool. And now she's half owner of the shop. Wow. And then we have uh, people from everywhere. We have an artist from Russia. We have an artist from Belarus, the Russian, cool. the Russian young lady. Her name is Golly. She does hand poke, which is amazing. Mm. Um, every artist is amazing in their own way and does something different. We have realist artists. We have people who do, like I said, lettering, uh, people who focus on neo-traditional style or traditional. You know, we try to have a lot of different walks of life and, and types of people in our shop. So... Everybody's kind of different. You know, we have um, anime artists, you know, pretty much everything except for Polynesian, we realize. Mm. We don't yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We don't cover that. Yeah, yeah. I wish we did. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. We have a, a young guy training right now under one of our artists, and that's what he wants to do. He wants to learn to do tattoos so he can do Polynesian styles. Mm. So I'm really hoping he kills it. Is it like with the actual traditional, like hitting with the stick in that style, or no. is it with the new machines and yeah, then you just it's get still the style? With new machines, but I bet he'd love to learn that someday. Yeah, yeah. you know, I really think he would. Yeah. How did you find your style? I think it just happens mm. um, naturally. People start to ask you for specific things, so it's more about what you guys love that I do. Mm. You know, so you know, there's times when I've done almost all color. Times when I've done almost all Japanese style, I've always tried to be well-rounded, so I have a pretty widespread background on what I do. I do portraits. I do, you know, what I do now, like the octopus stuff. I love doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that, too, is what makes the octopus so, like, people want that? Because that's, like, not the animal I would pick, personally, but what about it is, like, the underwater vibe and just it's so elaborate. What, what do you like about that? I think for most people, it's, you know, an octopus is very special. It's so unique and mm. very intelligent, and it's not like anything else on the on the planet. Yeah. It's like a little know? alien. Huh? Exactly. Yeah. And pe- some people even say that maybe that's where it came from, mm. you know. <clears throat> but I think that it the for a lot of people, it's just the artistic look of how it looks on the body, mm. you know. I think that's a lot of it. A lot of people don't get tattoos for any other reason than (coughs) they like the way it looks. Right. Yeah. So I love the way that looks right there. I want to do something like that. You know, that happens a lot. I've seen, because I was scrolling through the page and I see the octopus a lot. And I was like, wow, that's that's really cool how you just transform a piece of art into, it looks very real. And I think that's, it looks very real on the skin. And that is my like fascination with tattoos in general of like you can take something that isn't real, but the way you do it on the skin, it looks, it kind of comes alive. It's really cool. Yeah. It, a lot of it has to do with, um, the flow to the body, Mm. you know, I think that's really important. But then again, other things like we do portraits, you know, and we can make someone's face on someone else, you know, so it, it, the techniques and. The way we do tattoos has come a long way, you know, um, better and better all the time. There's hyper-realism now, which is so incredibly real looking that sometimes if you have a photo of it, you can't tell if it's a photo, you know? Yeah, that's so cool. I think also 
just tattoos are my favorite form of art because you're able to take it with you everywhere you go. That's yeah. like the really best part. You got a painting on the wall. Someone has to come over to your house, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to be like carrying it around. Look at my cool painting, right? But like, that's really the awesome part. Yeah. It's What's also, your favorite part? Yeah. Yeah. Also, you pay for it once and it's with you forever. Right. You know, it lasts a lifetime. Yeah. You know, so it's something, you know, people don't always think of that, you know, because if you buy a painting, you know, you pay a hundred bucks or 1200, 12,000 for that painting, you know, um, you just have that on the wall, mm -hmm. right? Like you said, but a tattoo, you, you're going to take it with you, you know, you're, you're not going to lose it. You're going to take that with you. You have that art forever. And I love that. It's, it's, it's such a connection and such an honor when somebody like yourselves comes to someone like myself and says, please tattoo my body. It's going to be here forever. Mm. It, the way it makes us feel, you know, when we actually think about it is pretty incredible. You know, because you're choosing us to mark your skin. Right. Yeah. It's kind of with all like the other forms of art with music or m movies or whatever. It's It kind of connects people too because people all over the world get tattoos. And it's a way of like, oh, wow, what do you have on your body? And you talk about it and you talk about the artist. And you. it's a way that I think people connect. And it's, a, it's yeah. like a conversation starter. And it's always like if I see someone with a cool tattoo of like oh what is that like when did you get that done who did that like it's always something that you can connect with yeah and it's like tell us about how just your art has helped you sort of travel and connect around the world it's been pretty great so you know there are conventions all over the world um, especially nowadays back in the day they used to have them in certain countries, but not everywhere. In the United States, there was only like one a year, you know, when I first started tattooing and everybody would travel to that one show. Um, but but nowadays, you know, we can guest spot anywhere. Mm. If you're a good tattoo artist, you know, you go to good shops anywhere in the world and right. work if you want to, mm. you know, if you choose to do that. And you, it's a community, just like, you know... Everybody gets to know each other. I, people know me, maybe over in, you know, I've had people come from Israel. I've had people come from Japan, from Germany. Wow. And this is prior to, you know, the internet or or Instagram or any mm -hmm. of that. Prior to that, just simply through tattoo magazines or something or word of mouth. And it's it's pretty small little community, even though it's so vast. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Have you had any um, any weird, crazy experiences working at a tattoo shop? Have any any customers that wanted some wild stuff or just any crazy experiences through your career? There's always those, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of those. Um, some of them are so far fetched that we don't like talk about yeah. them on the on the on the air. Do people yeah, ever no, do people ever like fall asleep or anything like that while they're in the chair? Pretty much daily. Wow. So the the tattooing process from many people has gotten very gentle. You know, it's very lightweight, and we'll pull out iPads for them and let mm. them watch Netflix, and they're most of the time, if it's possible, laying down. Mm. You know, very reclined. You know, just relaxing, yeah. uh, watching a favorite show, listening to their music. It's a lot different now. So 
I, I have people doze off in my chair almost every day. Oh, wow. that's awesome. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Has your sort of like stamina and kind of like motivation to continue your art increased or decreased since you've started? Like, are you able to do the same long ses- sessions that you were doing back in the 90s like now? Or have, have you changed up anything versus, you know, back in the day? Yeah, definitely had to change back in, since back in the day because, you know, as I've gotten older, um, it's it's so hard on your body, mm-hmm. tattooing, you know, your back, your arms, your hands, yeah. all of that, your neck. Um, so, you know, I used to have sessions that maybe lasted 8, 12 uh, the longest I've ever done on one person in one session is 13 hours. Wow. Oh my gosh. So I can't do that now. Right. I now limit my sessions currently to four to five hours, mm. you know, just that. And, and my body handles that and your body also can mm. handle that. You know, it's yeah. not too much for either one of us. And right. We feel fine the next day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, do you have yeah. a favorite piece that you've done? Or a few favorites. I don't because everybody asks that, but every time you do one, you're like trying to do better every time, you know, and there are some that stand out that I love. Um, There was a gentleman locally who came in and he had me do both his arms and then he had me go across his chest and down his back Mm. and the, the flow of his particular piece, it was you know, there was octopus, there was swallows involved, a jellyfish, some kelp, wow. uh, sharks. It was just very flowing, mm-hmm. um, the, the way he let me put it together, and he, he gave me so much freedom with it. Um, there's another gentleman currently who's working on a, it's another undersea, it's got some octopus to it, and he's doing, like, things that I, that relate to his life, but we've gradually gotten to know each other a little bit and come up with the ideas and it's his life breaking free you know and Mm. just sometimes the meanings behind him really get you and you just come up with these great ideas you know so it it totally depends but I try not to do a piece I don't like yeah right right like I'm not going to do it if I'm not going to be into it Mm. yeah because that would be a bummer yeah For you. It'd be a bummer for you. Yeah. More than me. Because yeah. if your artist isn't into it, then you shouldn't be with that artist. Yeah, definitely. With all your experience, what would you say are some of the qualities that make the best tattoo artists? Oh, I don't know. Um, because there's great tattoo artists of all type. Mm. You know, so I don't think they're other than artistic skill, mm-hmm. you know. And of course cleanliness cleanliness is you know, your medical side is absolutely important now too. Uh, gentleness, but you Ooh, know, what, what, what can happen if it's not like things aren't uh, taken care of? What are some of the worst case scenarios? Well, you know, I mean, let's go back though. Cause way back in the day, people were getting tattooed without any hygiene at all. Mm. And they were still staying in the skin, but you know, you, you, if tattoos are done dirty, you know, you can end up with infections and things of that nature or mm. past disease and stuff like that. So, you know, things are, the ha- standards now are super high, you know, and there isn't really a scare like you would have had if you got tattooed back in the forties. Right. Yeah. You know? So how do like, um, when you go from one person to the next person, is it obviously you're using the same machine? How does that machine get like swapped out and cleaned properly? Yeah, so everything, there are wipes that we use, um, but everything is single service except for that machine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that one is 
first of all, completely covered in plastic, like mm-hmm. when you go to the dentist, right? right? Everything's, you know, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> right. when you go to the dentist, everything's covered in plastics, mm. right? The plastics are removed, and then it's cold sterilized, right? Mm. Wiped with a cold sterilant. And there's a time limit to that. So if you're going from one tattoo to the next, then it sits there for a certain amount of time. And then the whole entire station is wiped down. Everything that was used is thrown out other than the tattoo machine itself. Even the needles, everything is thrown away. It's only used one time. Wow. So you don't really have a reuse. Whereas, you know, back when I learned, it was quite different mm. because there were tattoo artists who were using that same needle till it was dull. You know, they right. would use that same needle for months. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. They don't, that doesn't happen now. Do more people bleed more than others? Absolutely. Um, depends on what you. First of all, your genetics. Secondly, it can be things as simple as coffee, soda, alcohol, aspirin, all medications, Mm. you know, will make a person's blood thinner and make them bleed more. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. What is the hardest part with dealing with different people? Because people will move. Someone will be maybe super shaky. How do you deal with so many different types of people? It's all about just getting them to relax. Mm. You know, we, if some, say it's your first tattoo and you come in, we first explain to you what it's going to feel like kind of, and then we kind of do just a tiny little line, Mm. you know, tiny little mark, sometimes even without ink, Mm. if you're really nervous, so you can see how it feels. And then you're usually comment is almost always, that's it. Yeah. That's all it feels like. Yeah, I yeah. was so scared. I remember know? my tattoo because I was a little worried. I have one on my on my hip. It's a it's a quote that it kind of goes down my hip, and I I thought because I don't I don't deal with pain very well. Like yeah. I everything always hurts on me. Like I'm like I, this is gonna hurt. That's what I thought. And then when he started, and the, I mean it was it was over with very quickly. But it was almost I try to explain it to some people sometimes. Because for me, it wasn't a pain. It was more of like, um, I mean, this might hurt really bad for some people. But like if I were to pull off like a piece of skin, like it doesn't really hurt, but you feel it. That's how mine felt. So it wasn't at all as bad as I was expecting it to be. It was more of just like just a feeling of like some skin almost getting pulled away, but it wasn't pain. Yeah, we kind of describe it as the closest description of the first lines is kind of like a cat scratch. Mm. It kind of feels warm and you feel it happening and you know that it hurt a little bit, but it's not so excruciating that you're yelling or pulling away or anything like that. Yeah. You know, you can tolerate it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, it's just a cat scratch that keeps moving along. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, Yeah. I, I think one of the craziest things too, is just the different parts of the body react so differently. And I picked the, my, like my upper back area. And then once I just remember once he was on my spine, really like getting in those guidelines, I was like, Ooh, wee, that's like a tough spot for me. And then I went from that one to my rib cage down the side. And I just did, I was like, I like that one. Let's get that one. And that one hurt even more. So now I'm like a little traumatized, but I definitely want to like get, I want to start getting this leg done. And I'm hoping that that's going to be like a beefier, like the quad should be pretty chill or. Yeah. So it's not too bad. I mean, I got my legs done kind of first you know I did my upper back area first and then I went to my legs but um 
It depends on the person. So yeah. if you think of sensitivity, you're going to think of those areas, like areas that don't have a lot of, you're not hitting the bone, but if there's not a cush between mm. the skin and the bone, it seems to hurt more, yeah. right? And then like the back of the knee or areas that are hardly ever mm. messed yeah. with, the yeah. inner, inner thigh, right? Right. Uh, those areas are going to be a little more tender than mm. like the top of the quad. Right. You know, that's funny. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> cause I don't know. Cause I've, um, I keep going back and forth between wanting to do a really big piece on my back and then only wanting small little, like one on my ankle and one on my finger. Like I, I can't decide which one I want, but I am terrified of the back one. Cause my back is, I don't have a lot of meat on my back. Petite. My back is small <laughs> I feel like that one would hurt really bad on me. So I think that is also one thing that I'm like, oh, it's going to hurt so bad. I don't know if I want to do it. And one of the things that I was thinking of too, and I want to hear what your thoughts are on this. When I like think about what I want creatively on my body, I see it. I go, mm. oh yeah, I want this animal. I want this like type of art style. And then I have to figure out where on my body I want it. Mm. But you're the opposite because sometimes you'll be like, oh yeah, I want something like here. And I'm like, okay, yeah, tell me, what does it look like? Like, let's try to, who's going to be the artist we're looking for to do that? And you're like, well, I don't know. I just want something. And I'm like, well, what are you I seeing? I know the in your... placement first. I'm like, I don't even understand what you're seeing. That'd be like, oh yeah, I want something over there. And I'm like, oh, do you want a white table with gray chairs? And you're like, no, I don't know. But I just, I want something over there. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you seeing right now, babe? What are you seeing in your head other than a blank room? Yeah. And it like drives me crazy sometimes. But like, how are people like that? That's totally different personality types right there. Yeah. That's, you know, you know your, all of your clientele is completely different, mm. you know, but it's rare to choose the area without knowing what it is. Mm. That's different because usually you have the thing you want and then it's like, where is it going to look best? Right. You know, to pick the area first you know, is more difficult because then you have to make sure whatever you choose fits the area mm -hmm. well, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think, well, with my back, I'm, I know that one a little bit more than like the, the small ones. I'm like, ah, I can figure out what I want there. Like they're small, they're going to be tiny, but with the bigger ones, I think I would have to be a little bit more, I know what I want and then let's figure it out. Yeah. 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 And remember to whoever the artist is to, you know, let them talk to you about yeah. the flow of that, yeah. you know, so it isn't just, I mean, some people like sticker type tattoos, you know, like where it looks like a sticker or badge mm. that's very popular, Yeah. but on your whole back, you, you kind of want it to flow with yeah. your body more, Right. you know? Right. Definitely. We'll see. Think yeah. We have, one. We, thank you for taking the time, you know, to come out here and sit with us. I hope you've, you know, had some fun so far. Yeah. I got to tell you one thing though, that I don't think you're aware of. Because you're in Long Beach, I'm going to I'm gonna share this because yeah. we are in the works right now to try and put a permanent tattoo museum in the city of Long Beach. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. So we're working on that. I'm on the board who wow. is trying to help with that. It's called the Tattoo Heritage Project. Cool. So hopefully that won't be in the too far future. Wow. Yeah, that would be that really would be cool. Awesome. I was just going to ask you too, like what is something that maybe you wanted to talk about that we didn't ask you before, but that would be so cool. A tattoo yeah. museum. Yeah. Where would that one be located at? Is that, do you guys know yet? That's part of it. Yeah. Um, we are currently hoping, um, well, the brick and mortar is the most important, mm. but uh, it's possibility of the Queen Mary has come up. Oh, so, wow. 
I love that idea personally. Yeah. So I'm hoping that goes forward. I really think that'd be fabulous. Yeah. You know, because so many people could see it. Yeah. Right. So many people could view it there. Right. And I think it would be a great destination place if it was on the Queen Mary. That yeah. is really cool. Be really cool. We'll have yeah. our, our ears out for that one. I know. I'd love to check that out. Yeah. And then the last thing I want to ask you before we get you going here is who we're trying to get more artists on this show, more people similar to you that are just very creative and have just such a cool, unique story. Who are maybe two to three artists that maybe you could recommend that you'd like to see on the show? They don't have to be as experienced as you and, you know, as talented, but just people that really have that it factor that you that you have. You know, there's a lot of artists. Um, the most of the artists I would recommend would probably be tattoo artists. Mm. Yeah. You know, but yeah. uh, I got to tell you this. There's so many in my shop. If I say one and I don't say the others. <laughs> but the story of a couple of my artists is very, very great. Mm. And I think not only their tattoo story, but their life story mm. would be my young artist named Golly. Oh. And my other artist, um, Alex. Those two for sure. Mm. Their yeah. background stories are fabulous. Yeah, You know, just be great. Great to hear their stories and how they ended up here, you mm -hmm. know, how they ended up in Long Beach. Mm. And I just absolutely love talking to them about that. So I think they would be fabulous. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll be reaching out soon. Yeah. Hopefully we can get them on. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I hope you had a good time. We had a good time hearing a little bit about your story and getting to learn a thing or two. Yeah, That's really for cool. Sure. Absolutely. Well, this has been Natural Thoughts and Talks. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good day. Bye. back with the digest the digest with carrie yeah amazing lady yeah really inspirational mm -hmm. i liked that one a lot yeah Just, i mean you don't really hear i mean i mean obviously there are people but like the everyday i mean at least like from what i've seen is more of like a tattoo artist that are like on the younger side like they're like 20s 30s 40s but then here we have someone that have just been doing it for such a long time yeah, and decades. seen the change in it too that was awesome even you know you don't you don't hear those stories yeah so it was cool having her on and she could just tell us how how it all went down a true artist mm -hmm. right yeah i'm excited to go take a tour of their shop up there it'll be really cool and yeah the museum that she talked about sounds really cool too yeah. right and yeah somebody who's just definitely creating avenues and like platforms for people to pursue their art it's really awesome, mm -hmm. right? It almost makes like me. It's not that I'm like. It's not. I don't wish I was more creative. I don't wish I was like an artist. Let's say, but I do want to like support in some sort of capacity. Mm -hmm. Whether that's more conversations and you know, kind of getting art out there and developing this show, or even just financially helping assist places for because that's important, right? And just like helping with their money, things like that, or just funding like more abilities for people to display their art mm -hmm. or just you know give them whatever the tools it is that they need help that facility yeah it's really awesome it's really cool when do you want to start getting your next tattoos when is that process starting you think it's a good question you want to know something the hip one hurts so much not the hip one you have a hip one i don't have a hip <laughs> like, one. wait a minute which one my side ribs 
really turned me off for a while. Really? That one, it really did hurt. Mm. I'm not going to lie. Like, you guys in the interview were talking about it. Like, oh, yeah, it was just a little buzz and, like, skin was getting peeled off. Baby, yeah, I agree with it. When, when it was just a simple line, mm-hmm. like, I, I could get how it's cute and it's fun. But the stuff that I want to get... When they start filling it in and stuff? When they fill it in, baby, it really hurt. Like, I'm not going to lie. It really fucking hurt. Like, I was sitting there for a while... And it just hurt. Like it was a few hours of just yeah. like on the rib, da doom, da doom, da doom, da doom, da doom. And I'm like, fuck, this is not fun, right? Have I been in worse pain? Of course. But right. like to choose and pick it, like, oh yeah, let's do this thing. And yeah, it just wasn't something that I've been eager to get back in the chair for. So I will start with my leg though. Mm-hmm. I think we'll start with thigh and just try to, I want a, an, an entire leg sleeve. I bet the done. shin's going to hurt. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of meat on the shit. It's just bone. The thing was, is I said, like, I wasn't eager to get back in the chair. I think if I can see, because I haven't been able to see my tattoos. Mm. They've been on the back. They've been on my side. If I can see them, I'm a little excited for that. Like, I just want to watch them work on it. See how it goes. See them, like, wipe. Keep going. Ba-boom, ba-boom. Like, that would be cool. But... I'm I'm the opposite, I think. I don't want to see it. It's like when I get shots, like a needle. I don't. I can't look at the needle. Mm, I don't, not that I'm like scared of needles, but I just, I don't, I don't feel like seeing my skin get changed and the, yeah. And I like watching it. Mm-mm. I like watching the needle. I don't. Hmm. What, let's like brainstorm right now though. Cause I know exactly what I want. I have, you know, a bear right here on my thigh that's coming just the face. And then I have these like really cool, almost like the edges of playing cards, you mm-hmm. know, like the borders of cards going all the way kind of down on the outside with more animals, things like that. Like that would be really awesome Mm -hmm. to do. And then I also just want like certain dumb things. Like there's so much real estate on the body that I want to throw on. I would love for you to just like, you have total freedom. If you were like, Hey, if you had something like I want to put a rainbow leprechaun on your calf, I might consider it. I'd be like, all right, sure. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I would really like like my mom or my dad to pick something and be like, yeah, just put that on. Cause I just don't, it's not that deep. You know what I mean? Like there's stuff like that. What are you thinking about? For you? No, no, no. Well, yeah, sure. For me and for you. For you. I don't, I don't know, (sighs) but I do like the look of like leg sleeves, arm sleeves on guys. Like I I like a full tattooed guy. And you know that you have to, have individual think like sleep like you yeah, have yeah, to yeah. be creative no in what i know you're building. i know that's where i'm like i don't know put whatever but like I, it needs to be full like okay <laughs> cover up your arm i don't care but like you know um even like i mean you're probably not gonna get neck tattoos but like i like a good really full yeah like if you had your neck tattooed like not just like a mom or like sarah like no don't do that but like if you have legit like artwork all around your neck and it led it down into the chest arms yeah that's cool that's amazing i didn't know that i like that that's cool Mm -hmm. uh i'll consider it Mm -hmm. so i'm not saying i'll do the whole neck could i do half the neck possibly like all i have no i like artwork that breaks the boundaries Mm -hmm. i don't like the idea of like oh yeah your sleeves you know what i mean like the collar has to end right there i'm like no fuck it go into the hand if that's what the art feels like it has to go into right yeah or what is the other one like oh make sure it's not on your legs or anywhere visible or things like that like no i'll have something come up into the Mm -hmm. neck but hannah okay (laughs) hannah with an h what if they spell it wrong like starbucks it gets spelled wrong 
What do you think about that? No. With you, I have some ideas. I would really like, I think the most attractive one that I like is maybe something that starts on the top of the foot. Do you ever see my foot do that? No. <laughs> I never point my toe like that. And then it kind of works its way up into like the lower calf area. Hmm. Something in that. Would you ever consider like a little quarter kind of leg sleeve? And I also like the back though too. Mm-hmm. But also it doesn't seem like you're going to go too hard in the paint with art. Yeah. I don't. You don't seem somebody like that's no, going to be doing that. They're going to be smaller. I think. I think oh, I've yeah. made that decision. I think they're going to be smaller. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I would have to see pictures of the calf the leg thing that you're talking about because mm-hmm. in my head right now it looks really ugly okay but i would need to have pictures of what it looks like okay that's totally yeah. cool so if you don't even know what it looks like why do you think it looks ugly no in my head i know what it looks like in my head okay. and in my head it's ugly well, but what? you have a whole different perception of it and you're saying you think it's really hot so whatever you see i want to see that okay that's what i'm saying all right we'll get into my brain ready yeah go <laughs> that'd be crazy huh yeah Would yeah you, that's what i'm saying how did you sleep last night how's your sleep been i feel like we went to bed pretty late didn't mm-hmm. we yeah right? and i woke up really nice and recovered um i don't know my sleep's been off i feel like i need to be done with school and then i'll have good sleep okay <laughs> like i feel like yeah like not that i'm like super stressed about school but like right now we have finals like it's the last stretch and you can feel it i want to at on thursday at 2 30 i'm done with the semester so i want to just get rid of that get over with and then i'll be able to do good how do you feel about finishing all of the school good yeah what are we thinking about i mean i think i'm already i know is and i want to ask sorry not to cut you off is your career similar to how you do tattoos (laughs) Do you have this? But I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know it's that and here and there. No, it's more It's more detailed. Okay. I'm not going to say I know exactly what company yeah. I'll work for, but I know what industry and I know my, what I want my role to be. Let's hear it. I want it to be in fashion or beauty. I think you're very fashionable and very beautiful. Beautiful. Or in food. Ooh, food. Whether that is food or drinks, like in those areas. Because you're an alcoholic or what? No, not really. Just occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, but I think it it's people. It, everyone eats. Everyone drinks. Everyone, you know what I mean? It's so people. And yeah. it's not necessarily too focused on like, we sell DVD players. You know what I mean? I think it's and it, it it gathers people. It like kind of encapsulate encap encapsulate. There you go. Yeah. So many different types of people, where I think marketing to different people, I would be able to do that. I like that. So, are you ultimately thinking about developing your own like marketing company? I think so. That'd be cool. Um. Yeah, I think so. But I think to start off with, I think it would be really cool to do something in those lines. And social media marketing, I think, is the biggest one. Mm -hmm. Digital marketing, social media marketing is like the biggest thing that I want to do and promote uh, because it's everywhere. Like, and it's not going to go anywhere. So, 
And I think some companies are a little scared of that, but I, that's like kind of a push that I'm really excited for. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm excited for you by the way too. Yeah. I, I believe in you. You know that, like, I think I talk a lot of shit, but I really do support you. Like Mm -hmm. I, if you don't feel like I'm in your side of things, like I really fuck with you and like, I really support what you got going on. I've done something drastically wrong and I apologize, Mm -hmm. but I hope that you feel like I want you to do exactly what you're trying to do. No matter how big or small, I want you to be happy. Yeah. Totally cool. And I do. I have a topic that I want to bring up now, and this could also go sideways like the last one did, but it's not spanking related or parenting. So seems like you'll be all right. You ready for it? Mm. Let me open up my journal here. My diary. What do we got here? Okay. The biggest pet peeve that I have with you right now in our relationship is your inability to move with a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's something that I can tell you exactly where it was developed within me, but it's been developed slowly my entire life, but I can remember exactly where it clicked. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the guy that's going to like teach this to you or instill it in you. I've stopped trying to do that. However, it does affect me because it's like, damn, well, what are you doing, man? You got to move with a sense of urgency. Not in everything you do. It used to be like everything, everything, everything. But, you know, the important stuff, your job, uh, getting better, like working out, taking care of business, things like that. You got to move with a sense of urgency. What is the deal? Like, where is your head at? I don't even know about you, like particularly, but just people like you. Mm -hmm. What is the struggle that you're trying to do? And where do you need help? And guess what? I'm probably not the guy to give you that help because mm-hmm. I don't even understand it. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is wh- I'm just trying to understand. I'm just trying to see what the fuck, do, how how bad is it? And then maybe what are you going to need help with? I don't think it's bad. Um, I think I have the ability to move with a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. I can do it. It's not that I don't know how to do it or don't. No, I have the ability to do it. I just choose not to. Um, Let's say we go to bed late. I will most likely choose to sleep in, especially if I have a day of school, work, a day where I can't just like wake up early, go work out and then just go to bed again. You know what I mean? Things like that. I will then take it slow in the morning and not get out of bed and just go crazy. Um, so when do you move with a sense of urgency? I think when everything's aligned. When everything's and aligned? And oftentimes not everything is aligned. Oh, and then because are you hoping that things get aligned or do you understand that like you have to align them? Things get aligned through sense of urgency, mm-hmm. not, oh, yeah, I'm going to wait until the workout and this and then the time I go to work and all this gets aligned. I also think because I have so easy to get a migraine, mm-hmm. I am scared of working hard, not necessarily working hard, but let's say I, I didn't get that much sleep getting up and the first thing I do is work out. 
I'm scared that that's going to trigger a migraine. So let's be honest here then. This is where things get interesting because I've thought about that too. You're very, you're, you're sensitive, let's say. Like with, you have, you have a high level of sensitivity for balance, for, you know, migraines, things like that, which is cool. But are you the guy that is able to kind of go to that high level because you kind of got to be able to really push yourself to do things like that. And it's okay if you're not, but I think because my migraines get so bad, mm-hmm. my migraine is not just a little headache and Oh my God, I feel dizzy. It's a migraine. I throw up like I, yeah, I get it. Like if they get really bad. I don't want to get to that point. Yeah. So in a lot of the things that I do is honestly to avoid a migraine. I don't want to trigger a migraine. And I, so I don't want to not get enough sleep and have to wake up super early. I don't want to do that because I know damn well that's probably going to trigger a migraine. I don't want to have to feel too stressed out. It's going to trigger a migraine. Like there are so many things that will trigger a migraine. Now, luckily I haven't had a migraine in a while. Thank God. But there are so many things I, I would say, like a lot of my days and a lot of my routines, I base them off of, will I get a migraine or not? Yeah, so let's take this. Let's say you have four shifts next week, mm-hmm. waking up at 5 a.m. Clocked I, I in. I do, tomorrow. Yeah. Yep, waking up at 5 a.m. You chose to do that. So now you're giving up. You, let's say you only have 100. Whatever the unit, the measurement is of 100, you gave up 40 now to the company that you're working at. And then you have another 30 so now you only have 60 left. Do you see what I'm saying? So now you have 30 and 30 that you're giving up to school now. So now you only have 30 units of free time. How are you going to dictate that? Do you see what I'm saying? So now you only have 30 because you gave up so much to these things within your operating hours. You're taking away stuff like that. Do you see what I'm saying? So why did why would you do something like that? Like, well, if you think about it, my shifts these upcoming days... Mm-hmm. They're five to nine a.m. So I love you to death, but I've never seen you put in an early shift and then go, oh yeah, and then I'm gonna work out, and then I'm gonna work on my digital creations, and then I'm gonna work on school. Most of the times, except for the working out part, I will. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna help out Kino with whatever needs help with, and then I'm gonna clean. Do you know what I mean? Like those are all things that I seem. It seems like you have in your mind. And I don't believe that you don't want to do those things, right? But I'm sitting here asking you, like, where's the level of self-awareness? You know what I mean? Like, I think one of my better qualities is that I'm very self-aware. I'm very, like, realistic with what's going on. If I'm good at something, I'll tell you I'm damn good at that. I'm not going to let anybody try to waver my confidence or something like that. But there's another thing of, like, hey, how sensitive are you? I'm like, I'm working on it. I'm not very good. But I'm realistic with what I am. You know what I mean? So, And I am also, I would say, very realistic of where I am at. So where's the sense of urgency to try to increase that? I want to get better Okay. at that. I want to get better at trying to balance everything that I have to do. And that's something that you and I have talked about before, too. I, I, it's hard. You have a lot on your schedule. Trying too. to balance. I get it. Podcasts when we have three guests in a day mm-hmm. and I have school and I have work and I have my own life and I have content. It's a lot that I have to do 
and that I want to do. And it's hard finding that balance. And I'm trying to figure it out. And it's not the easiest thing. Now, I school is not going to be a thing here in, in a while. So that is going to be cut off. So I'll have one less thing to worry about. Um, but there are, it's not the easiest finding that balance. Yeah. I, I still got to pay rent. So I, got, I have to go to work. I got to pay rent. I get that. I have to do school. I have to do content. I have to do podcast. And I'm not saying have to as in a, I don't want to do it. But in just like, those are things that have to happen. So within the framework of your migraines and your fear of like, I don't want to push it too hard, which that's what it is. Everybody has a spectrum for a migraine. Mine <coughs> is just two days. Mm-hmm. It takes me 48 hours of working like a fucking slave before my body goes, oh, hey, you can't do that. You see what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. real work as in out on the ocean doing this and that, like I can make it happen. I'm just blessed that it's higher than the average, you know, like person. Mm-hmm. Yours is a little lower. That's mm-hmm. totally cool. We just got to be a little more intentional and like protective over that time. I think what I need to do is I need to, I need to have a pretty rigid sleep schedule. Definitely. Cause I think my sleep affects majority of it. Mm-hmm. I need to, and obviously there are times where we have an event this and that, that where it changes slightly, and but I need, I think on a, a normal day, which is almost every single day, I need on a normal day. That's a normal day. Right. Like, you know, it needs to be a pretty rigid schedule. Like I lay down at 10. Doesn't mean I necessarily fall asleep right at 10, but I lay down and I try to shut it down at 10 o'clock. And then I wake up at, let's say if I want to get six out, eight hours of sleep, I wake up at six o'clock. And how good do you think I am at that on a scale from one to 10 of shutting down and shutting on? I'll say about 10. Yeah. So I can do it. I can help you with it. I'm literally in the bed with you. <laughs> Unless you want to hire somebody else to come in the bed and be like, all Try right, that's what you do. You know, they'll like put a sleeping bag in there and all right, you ready? Go. And then meanwhile, I'm already asleep. But yeah, what are the things that like, what are you struggling with? Why is that? Because I really am interested in this. I'm not trying to fix anything, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, Cool. So if that's the route that we're at right now is you're like, I'm scared of getting migraines, but because I'm not like sleeping well, I don't have a good sleep schedule. Mm -hmm. You need to make a sleep schedule. That means guess what? Your job doesn't call you at five in the morning because your sleep schedule says you have to sleep until 630 or Mm seven. So guess what? Sorry, I'm only available at eight o'clock. Sorry. You know, that's what it is. But the thing is with those early shifts, Mm -hmm. I would much rather do a five to nine, five to 10. Yeah. Cause now I have the whole day. I, w- I hate the midday shifts. I would too. So with a fucking passion. So let's take this then you got to go to bed at seven. That's fine. Well, that's what I was about to say that of like, if I'm working up at four yeah, to get eight hours to sleep, yeah. I have to sleep at eight o'clock. Have you ever once in our relationship heard me say when you go, Oh yeah, no, I'm going to bed. I'm going to go lay down. And I go, no, I don't want to do that, baby. I'll sleep at 5 p.m. Yeah. Like, I do not care. Yeah. Because I work hard in the morning and I try to bang everything I need out. That's my goal. My goal is to literally work from like 4 a.m. to like noon mm-hmm. and then just be like, we can go to sleep and then just wake yeah. up again at 4 a.m. Like, that's how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's just some stuff you got to work on, right? Yeah. 
But you got but time. I am conscious of it. That's I understand that, like, I don't, and it's not because someone else told me, but it's just like I don't. I hate having migraines. I don't want another migraine in my life. Oh yeah. There are. I know there are things I can do to better balance out my schedules and everything that I do and have to do and whatever. Um, and my sleep schedule, I think, is one of those components that could help out. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I support you. Thank you. And I love you. I love you. This is the Natural Thoughts and Talks. Catch you guys later. Bye. Bye.